Blog Talk Radio. Podcast. I am your host, Scott Jarvis, and I am here, as always, with uh, my two co-hosts, Victor Atkinson and Michael Shepard. How are you guys doing today? What's good, man? I'm all right. Good, good. How are you, Mike? Good. Looking forward to it. Good. Yep, yeah, good to be back. Uh, I was ill last week and couldn't get on the air. I had a pretty bad sore throat. Now my the rest of my family's got it, and I'm the only one that's well, so... Uh, I'm sad that they're sick, uh, or not happy that they're sick, but at least I got it first. <laughs> so I'm with that out of the way, the what? The plague bearer. That's what I'm gonna call oh, you now. Yeah. So, dude, dude, I have friends with just one or two kids, and they're like, I'm always sick, and then it's like, and then I tell them how I get sick like every two to four weeks, and it's like, especially when school's in. Mm-hmm. which is starting in a week and a half, by the way. So I we, we might miss a week here and there through, through the remainder of the year. Uh, but with that said, guys, um, I want to jump right in because we've got a lot to talk about, especially about our first topic here, uh, which was or is uh, the uh, light heavyweight fight, the championship fight that went down last night between Sergey Kovalev and I'm going to muff his uh, first name, El- Elider. Is that how you guys say it? I always said it was like Hilador, but I could be way off. Elder Storm, Elder Storm Alvarez. Uh, that was a twelve rounder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I am terrible with names. That actually uh, be better, honestly. Let's go ahead and stick with that man, Elder Storm. Okay, Elder Storm. All right. Well, uh, over the course of seven rounds, uh, Elder Storm was pretty much out hustled and and uh, out boxed by uh, Sergey Kovalev until uh, Alvarez ended up dropping the former champion three times in route to uh, a stoppage by referee David Fields. Um, and that was, you. and you guys correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, was I the only one that was shocked by not only the outcome, but by how violent and sudden it was, uh, Victor? Honestly? Okay, so it's going to sound weird. It's going to sound like I'm lying. I know it's going to sound like I'm <laughs> lying because I did not tweet about this. I didn't tell anybody this. But I was thinking if... Alvarez, because Ward doesn't have power, right? And in the eighth round, Ward landed as just basic ass one two, and that had Kovalev on Queer Street at that point. And I attribute it to the low blows as well, because that would take a lot out of you and make anything like hurt you way more. But mm-hmm. if that wasn't a factor, and if Alvarez landed that same thing, even if Alvarez doesn't have that much power himself, he has more than Ward, he would stop <laughs> Kovalev. And I was looking at the betting odds for that shit. I was like, oh. It's like fucking 20 to 1 on Alvarez stopping Kovalev. I should probably put something on that that I bitched out, so disappointed in myself. But yeah, uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm not like, I'm not too, su- I'm surprised, but it wasn't like outside that realm of possibility, you know? Sure, sure. Now, how about you, Michael? Were, were you kind of as flabbergasted as I was? Or, or, or did you expect this kind of like Victor did a, a little bit? I didn't expect it, but I thought that would be the only way that he may win. I thought Kovalev was too sure. skilled, and 
you know, he'd been a champion for a long time, so I thought that, you know, if it went the 12 rounds, I'd see Kovalev winning, but I thought Alvarez, I thought, even though he didn't have a huge KO ratio, I thought that if he wins, it was going to be just a, a shot that no one saw come in and, you know, just took Kovalev out of there, which is kind of really what happened. But, yeah, if I was going to put money on it, I would have had Kovalev winning. I think we all kind of agreed that last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. Yep. Here's the thing, though. We Honestly, like, looking back on it, Kovalev should have seen that shot coming. I mean, granted, the jab like kind of like blinded him as a structure vision, but it's the same exact setup and result. Yeah, of you're the right. Fight, the second. It's the same exact thing. It happened because Kovalev did dumb shit sometimes. Like he always does that. Actually, it's a habit that has been there for kind for a of long a while. Time. But yeah, but he got away with it most of the time. And it's you should not have your lead hand that low and not do anything about it. you can't like stand a punching distance of somebody not protect yourself and keep your hand like that fucking low by your waist that is what's supposed to happen to you so although none of us like predicted it it's something that we should have seen coming Kovalev should have seen that coming there should have been something to prevent from that happening but there was nothing yeah yeah uh you know i saw i saw Kovalev getting touched by uh alvarez's jab from from the beginning of the fight right up until you know it ended um mm-hmm. You know, I could see some some of there there was a slight degradation in Kovalev's skill set. You know, what I mean, he's 35, and I kind of thought, well, he's still very dangerous. He's still very very good, um, which he showed up until the knockout. Um, but I can't I, I can't help wondering, guys, uh, how much of this, uh, how much of Kovalev, you know, losing the way he did can be attributed to Alvarez. And how much of it we have to lay on the shoulders of Kovalev uh, and and Victor, not just because he got lazy or, and or had a sloppy moment or had a bad habit, but um, we've all heard the you know and they're not even rumors anymore. It's the, he's even confirmed them himself. Uh, you know, in the past, uh, his drinking, his diet, he's not exactly always motivated to you know to to do the work in the gym. Uh, his, he's a lazy trainer. He's got a really bad attitude. Uh, he doesn't work well with other people, even when he needs to. Um, which I can admittedly sympathize with. I know what that's like. Um, but like with those kinds of with those kinds of habits, guys, and Mike, I want to hear from you first. I mean, do you think any of those things played a factor in last night's fight? Or do you think Kovalev, you know, uh exercised all those demons and and, and became the crusher again? I went to his camp about two weeks ago and I was talking to him up in Oxnard and took a few pictures that you might have seen on Twitter. And mm-hmm. he, he openly said that when he won the championship like three years ago or whenever it was, that he pretty much just partied and drank and did what he did <laughs> for three years because he was still he was, you know, just celebrating being the champion. But at the time, right. he was still kind of winning, winning fights until obviously he uh, came up against Andre Ward, who's kind of, you know, pound for pound, one of the, the greatest boxers we've had like over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um I think, you know, it's probably just a combination of getting a little bit older, um, kind of slowing down a little bit, having those losses to Andre Ward kind of exposed him a little bit because um, you could see with not living that clean lifestyle that, you know, that Andre Ward had worked out and Jackson had obviously told people that, you know, going to his body was a good way to kind of like break him down. Right. Because um, obviously that's what the Andre Ward did, was just play on those body shots after Jackson came out and told everybody that, you know, inspiring that was kind of something that he'd noticed that Kovalev was weak at so I'm thinking that just that over time and then 
I think, you know, we all as fans still have him up there on that pedestal, but, you know, just he's sure. got older, he's, he's moved on, and eventually he's going to come, come up and against somebody, and Alvarez just got lucky with kind of like the, the shot over the top, which kind of Victor had pointed out was similar to what Ward did, so maybe that's yeah. something they should have looked at in, in his camp and thought that's a little weak spot that he had that someone could play on, and Alvarez did, and took the chance, right. and now he's got a new champion. And yeah, what's interesting no. about that shot in particular is that, like, again, like he always did that, but it worked out fine in the past because he had a really good in and out game. He usually just like stood at like the tail end of all of his punches and it was safe because you actually were in range. And if you try to like step in range, you would like take a half step back, pop you from there. Like he was always safe in that position doing that. And now he's not. It's like he gave his distance wrong. Now he does a lot of things wrong now that he didn't do in the past. Yeah, I yeah, I that's a good point, Victor. It's I mean, he didn't look terrible last night, but uh he definitely doesn't, you know, the ferocity isn't there and and a lot of the accuracy and timing I had noticed had diminished a little bit. Um yeah, and I don't I know how about this like in the uh whatever, his first fight after war was like he's doing things that he didn't do in the past. Like I said, it's every yeah. single time he had a fight over that I was always like, yeah, he's kind of making mistakes that weren't there in the past. Yep. Well, I, I I don't know if you guys saw my tweet, but I'm I, I and I won't name names, but I met with somebody who works within the sport about a year, year and a couple of months ago, uh, and this person basically told me, you know, when when I brought up Sergey Kovalev uh, in the first Ward fight, you know, this person said, "Look, dude," uh, and this is I'm, I'm almost quoting this person verbatim. "Look, dude, Kovalev is done. He drinks way too much. Uh, he he can't keep a proper diet." You know, he, he's, he's a pain in the ass in camp. Nobody wants to work with him. He doesn't want to work with anybody else. He's got, he's got nowhere to go but down is basically what I was told. Um, and I, I, when it didn't happen immediately, I kind of second-guessed that, what was said, you know, or that person's assessment of Kovalev. But uh, as time went on, you know, the last few fights, you know, the, you know, the media, the, the crusher's back, the crusher's back. No, the crusher has – the crusher disappeared around the time of the Chalemba fight, and we haven't seen him since, but – uh, you know, when it happened last night, I, I was, I guess I was not shocked, but I was surprised because of how it happened and, you know, because Kovalev was in almost complete control of the fight, um, the, the, you know, that knockout or those knockdowns and then the knockout came out of nowhere. But, yeah, I, ca- I can't help, Victor, but think that, you know, uh, the drinking and the diet and, you know, his, his lack of motivation and, like Michael said, all that partying, you know, especially at 35, it... it even if he's not doing it anymore, that stuff comes back to haunt haunt a person, you know, as they get older and older. And uh, I can't help but but feel that those reasons had more to do with uh, Kovalev's decline and or loss than than anything else did. Um, now I did see, and uh, Michael, I want to hear from you first on this one. Um, there was a lot of people in the media, um, and, and even on Twitter, just kind of you know, just boxing fans in general. Uh, kind of both sides of the fence last night and even this morning talking about all of a sudden, uh, you know, Eldier Alvarez is this, this fantastic elite level fighter. Um, I'm ne- I, I'm not one to say that he's garbage or not that good. He's clearly a, a good, you know, a good sturdy fighter. Um, I've never been terribly impressed with him in the past. Um, Michael, what, what, what do you make of Alvarez as a fighter um, both before and after this fight? Um, he even kind of admitted himself and his KO ratio says that he's not a big, big puncher. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And he was also down, I think, on pretty much all six rounds against Kovalev before he got that knockout. So mm-hmm. he wasn't really a great performance, even though he actually <laughs> won the fight. Because um, if, yeah. if he didn't land that big that big right hand, he was probably going to lose a, a wide point decision. Um, yeah. So from saying that, I, beforehand, all I really knew about him, I'd seen him in a few fights, he looked okay. And obviously, Adonis Stevenson kept avoiding him. Uh, so I think... He must be fairly good with Adonis Stevens not wanting to fight him. Uh, I've never seen him really up against high-level competition apart from Kovalev, so it's kind of hard to say. Um, he okay. got a lucky shot against Kovalev, but was down on all six, all six cards and all six judges. Uh, all, all three I, I, judges, I believe. Yeah, I think he was down on everybody's card except for Max Kellerman's. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, that was kind of crazy. We'll talk more about that later, but. Uh, Victor, am I is is Michael right? Am am I overlooking uh, Alvarez's other tools simply because he's not a heavy puncher? He's not super aggressive. Is there more there than than kind of meets the eye? I mean, he's not great. He's serviceable though. He's a solid fighter. He's durable. He's tough. He's game. He can beat at his A game, and depending on how people approach him, he can beat anybody. I see him the same way I see Linares. I'll put it like that. Okay. Well, I'll talk about like how Lenaris most times underperform, but he still has like the skill set to beat anybody except for like super like special special elite fighters, you know. Unless he has like an okay. advantage there, like in terms of size or something like that. But that's kind of how I see Alvarez. It's interesting though in this fight because Alvarez didn't fight like himself. The main reason I was picking him to get stopped is because in his previous fights he would do this dumb thing where he would like lead in with combinations, and they wouldn't have that much power. And he would, like, stay in punch range. Well, obviously, stay in punch range as he did that. But <laughs> that's not generally how you should fight. That's really – those are terrible, terrible habits. Bad. That will get you right. stopped. But he didn't do that against <laughs> Kovalev, which I guess uh, was a lot about Kovalev, that he trusted himself to, like, not – like, he knew that that would be a flaw, so he didn't do that dumb shit. And right. it also brings up the point of you can't really judge a fighter based on how they treat their lesser opposition. Because some things you can get away with, and you're just not going to do those things against top competition. Like you know, you can't get away with it. Yeah, no, you, we see that. Ha- we see that kind of thing happen all the time. Um, you know, where guys kind of fight down to their level of competition or up. Um, now, I do want to ask you guys. I've, I've been waiting all day to ask you both about this. And Victor, you and I kind of had a back and forth about it on Twitter. I think it was later last night. Um, oh, so yeah. I'll start with you first, Michael. Um, there were a lot of people calling for uh, Kovalev to retire last night, and I know uh, from something I read this morning off of Twitter that uh, the people close to him are asking him to retire, but that he's not ready to make a decision yet. Um, are you uh, are you in the camp that says he should retire, or if you were handling Kovalev, let's put it that way, would you advise him? Yeah, let's grab a couple more paychecks, you know, before we cash out and walk away. Uh, what 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 would you advise him to do? Uh, retire, I think. Um, he's been at the top of the tree and looking in his last few performances. Obviously, the two against the two against Ward and the one last night. I think that he's kind of kind of reached his peak and he's just coming down the other side now. So, unless he needs the money and it's just going to be a cash grab, he's just going to try and fight a couple of fights and just try and get the money and run. But I can't see him going in against you know some of the up and coming fighters like uh, Bivol, for instance, that everyone keeps talking yeah. about him fighting. If he won last night, I can't see it ending too well for him. Um, those That's the one to put Kovalev too. 
Say again? I'm telling you, that's the one that will fight for Kovalev as well, even now. I wouldn't yeah. favor him, but it's winnable. Yeah, I, 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 I don't... Go ahead, Michael. I was just going to say, we're probably going to go into Beaver's fight next, but Beaver last night was... It was a kind of a, a boxer's performance, but it wasn't exactly... It didn't set, set the world alight. It was kind of like lackluster, but... Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll talk about that one next too, the Beevil fight. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll kind of touch on that. We'll kind of touch on Beevil here in just a moment, even before we get to his fight. But uh, yeah, guys, I, I I don't necessarily disagree with you, Victor. I, I think uh, Kovalev, uh, you know, his chin and his, his out of the ring problems aside, um, and his, obviously his age now, um, I, I still think he has a tremendous, you know, set of skills, and he's very dangerous. He's got always oh, got that power. Um, I don't. I wouldn't. I but I definitely wouldn't favor him against Beevil, especially at this point. Um, before the knockout, I had commented uh, after watching the Beevil fight that I would have favored Kovalev over Beevil at this point in time, but not not after that knockout. Um, for me, it wasn't. It wasn't so much that you know Alvarez got him with a lucky or, or a, a well timed or placed shot. It was you know, or even that Kovalev may just made a mistake. Um, you know, like Michael said, we've kind of seen this slow. It's kind of this. I guess it's a little deceptive with Kovalev. You know, all, all boxes decline differently. Um, some come down that, you know, the backside of the hill very gradually. Uh, and then others, like Kovalev last night, just kind of get pushed off the cliff. Um, I don't think he's so old yet that he can't be competitive with, with all of the top guys in the division. But um, I wouldn't favor him over most guys now. Um, I, I just, like I said earlier, I think a lot of his self-destructive... Uh, habits and attitudes are kind of coming back to haunt him. Um, and I even wonder, even now, because he's made a lot of money uh, and he's lived that, you know, the high life for a, for a number of years, if his if his game is in the head the way it used to be or it should be. Um, but I don't know. Um, if he doesn't, if he doesn't retire, uh, Victor, um, realistically, who, if you were his manager, uh, if you were Igis Klimas, who would you advise him to or put him in there with next? Well, first off, I don't think he should actually retire. I don't think he wants to retire, really. I okay. think his best course of action is to try to get a rematch and see what happens there. If he loses that one, then he's done. But that's the only way to just, like, salvage him, you know? Yeah. Now, would you, if you were if putting your putting your handler shoes back on or your cap back on, would you have him uh, immediately go into the rematch? Or would you have him, like, take a like a confidence builder of some sort? Uh, before you rematch throw back clause, in there. it has okay. to be immediate. If it's not immediate, then there is no rematch. <laughs> I tell you that if this, yeah. Alvarez probably does not want to fight him if Kovalev gets a tune up. And then what happens if Kovalev gets a tune up and then he ends up losing that one? Like if we're assuming that he's like so yeah. far gone already at that point, and like especially after that knockout, then yeah. who's to say he's going to even win the tune up? So no, he definitely needs an immediate rematch. I know okay. his family probably doesn't want to see him do that. His Handlers should want to see him in the rematch. His trainers might not, which is also a huge hit of confidence when they publicly state, I think he should retire. That is yeah. completely demoralizing. They should not have said that, even if that is <laughs> what they think. If that is truly what they think, you say that to that man privately. You do not put out on a fucking media statement that I think Kovalev should retire, that he's done. That is disrespectful as fuck. I'm actually really upset that he even did that. Yeah, I, I was actually going to bring that up next and ask Michael what he thought about that. Um, I really don't have any feelings on on it the way you do, Victor. I, and that's probably because I've never, you know, gotten in the ring and boxed myself. 
Um, but I, I can I can see both sides of you know both sides of the argument there. You know the one that you're making. Um, usually the when the other side to like try to bait him to like retirement, like I'm going to say this publicly, yeah. so now you feel like you have to. Is that that's like because that's going to be dope as fuck, by the way. Like you can't. Yeah, I mean nah, that's extra bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and I and I'm of the opinion, you know, I don't want to see any fighter get hurt, you know, especially as they're, you know, when they're kind of in the position Kovalev or even someone like Pacquiao is. You don't want to see him in there with a Crawford or a Spence, you know, somebody really dangerous that can hit just just because there's always that chance that they get you know hurt on their way out of the sport, you know, unnecessarily. But um, I know that when when trainers come out publicly like his did uh, and advise retirement, that usually there's a change of you know, change of corner uh, in the next fight if, you know, if they decide to continue on. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on uh, what went down, Michael? With the retirement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, specifically like his trainer saying that he should retire in a media statement. Yeah, I'm saying same as you, Victor. I think that's kind of something that should be left up to him, uh, not try to put him in a corner and, you know, because yeah. if, if he decides he wants to carry on, then should he really have those people in his corner back yeah. him when they've just told him they want him to retire? Yeah. They should let it let him decide and then, you know, tell him privately, well, you know what, I think you should retire. I don't want to be in your corner anymore because I don't want to see you get hurt. Not kind of push him one way and then if he decides the opposite, well, okay, you know, I'll stay with him because I'm going to make money. Right. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do wonder, I do wonder, guys, I, I thought immediately of um, – uh, uh, oh my God! I've already forgot his name. I, I'm ashamed of myself. I'm a little embarrassed. Uh, couple of last tra- the what? John David Jackson. Yeah, John. I was thinking of somebody else. John David Jackson. Uh, immediately when that when the first knockdown came, I thought, I wonder what he this guy's doing. Party that day. Oh my God! <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know, and I know there's a lot of bad blood between those two guys. Uh, but I it immediately made me wish that. Uh, Jackson had like filmed himself watching the fight. I would have loved to have seen that reaction, whether it was appropriate or not. It would have been one of those things to be, you know, where you want to be a fly on the wall. You know what I mean? Well, um, I guarantee you that second that punch landed, he was like, "I told you, motherfucker!" He started popping bottles. Yeah. He started sharing. I tell you, his fucking neighbors—not even his neighbors, people in different states. If you just find whatever state's border where he was at, you could hear his reaction. You don't need to be a fly right. on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I. I yeah, I probably think that was most likely the case. Um, now, guys, as far as, as who I think um, Kovalev should fight next if he decides to continue, um, I gave it some thought this morning, and I was actually kind of torn because I'm of the opinion that, that you know, he should retire. I don't think there's anywhere for him to go but down, um, especially given, given you know his last few fights or performances. Um, I can't see things improving for him at age 35, but if he continues... Uh, I, I I agree with you, Victor. I think he should, uh, you know, get right back on the right back on the horse that he was knocked off of and, and try again, um, and definitely you know hang him up if uh, if he doesn't pass the the test the second time. Um, now, if that rematch doesn't happen, guys, or doesn't happen right away, um, do you guys think, uh, or would you guys would you guys like to see B-ball fight uh, Alvarez next? Is that something you guys would be interested in seeing right away, Mike? Sure. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, it's okay. Yeah, I agree with Victor. I just heard him say yes, so yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be be a good fight. I think they'll both stand there and they'll both hopefully want to fight. Um, 
it's not, I mean, Babel's still kind of like raw. That'll be only his 15th fight, but I think he's kind of ready. We've seen him have like two different styles. Kind of his lackluster performance last night was kind of like more like an amateur style. He'd come in, score a few points, and get back out. Um, but we've also seen him kind of fight in different ways where he's actually kind of just, just stood there and actually tried to fight more on the inside. So I think <laughs> right. it would be, I think it'd be a good fight. And to, I think, I think people would win that. I think he's more skilled. He's more rounded as a fighter in my eyes. Yeah, I agree. Victor. Yeah, that'd be a dope fight. I would like to see it. Uh, if Kovalev does keep fighting in his matchup, isn't against Alvarez though. I think Sully B with Sullivan Barrera would probably be the best option for him right now. Or maybe Joe Smith just as a actually Joe Smith Jr. Would be a dope one. Yeah, yeah. Those would I think those would all be pretty decent fights. Um, yeah, I would. I I think I would favor Beeble over Alvarez. Uh, like Michael said, he's, he's clearly the clearly that yeah yeah we all agree on that. Um, I think he's definitely got the better set of tools. Um, even though he's still relatively inexperienced and kind of raw. Um, uh, but yeah, I I don't I I think there's going to be a lot of. Uh, Overrating. There's going to be a lot of overrating happening, you know, as it regards to Alvarez in in the weeks and months ahead. Um, people are going to forget that. Um, I think it was was it you, Victor, that said he was not great but serviceable, or was that you, Michael? No, I don't think it was me. Oh, no, yeah, okay, yeah, it must have been Victor. Dude, I had to like, yeah, sorry. I had to blame, like, wait, wait a minute, did I say <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. I'm the wrong yeah. person to ask about something. Yeah, I knew, I, I knew it was one of you guys, but I just couldn't remember who that was. But yeah, I, you know, I tend to agree with that. I think he's he's more serviceable than he is good. And, and but you know, um, there, there's an old saying. I think it was on. You guys ever watch Breaking Bad? Either one of you? Yeah. I have. Uh, yeah, it's uh, that in the in the final season uh, after Walter kills Gus and. Mike tells him, you know, just because you shot Jesse James, don't make you Jesse James. Uh, I kind of look at uh, Elder, or I can't say his name, Alvarez the same way, or in the same vein. Um, you know, the media is going to blow this guy up into something he really isn't. And, you know, and I know that a lot of that's for promotion, you know, and coming from the networks too, but um, kind of want to, I, I kind of want to see everyone stay grounded. Um, I think Beevil would probably uh, beat Alvarez by decision and probably 9-3. Uh, maybe eight four. Uh, if he you know performed like he did last night, um, but I you know I, I don't see Alvarez being on top of the sport too long. Um, now let me ask you guys before we move on to Beeble's fight uh, against Isaac Chalemba, um, my and Victor, I'll ask you first. Um, who's the man to beat in the 175 pound division right now? Is it Beeble or is it Alvarez? No. It's neither one of them. It's open. It's been open for quite a while. Because, I mean, like, people are forgetting about Beater BF. People, like, sure, Kovalev got dethroned. But even after the war thing, there was the talk of the Eastern Europeans. There was Bevel, Vostik, Beater BF, then Kovalev floating around. Stevenson as well. We all accepted that, like, because he's old and because he hasn't, like, fought top competition, that he probably wasn't at that level anymore, if he even was. There was that conversation that we had about that. Let's see who else we have. We had... Uh, Boudou Jack came out, then he fought Stevenson, and it kind of showed what I was thinking, that he's not really <laughs> on the same level as the other guys, but now we have right. Alvarez. So, no, it's still wide fucking open. I think what's happening now is that because BRB has been inactive because of a promotional company, but I don't think that's going to be a, a problem anymore because the Eddie Hearn thing, uh, and because right. we haven't seen Vostick, because Vostick's trying to get the Stevenson fight, that we're just like caught up in the moment, and we're thinking like, oh, 
all I see is Kovalev, Bevel, and now Alvarez, so it has to be one of them. It does not have to be any one of them. Yeah, Both that's true. Have to happen. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, Michael, what are you, what are your what are your thoughts on uh, the state of the division? Who's in your eyes? Do you agree with Victor, or is is there a man to beat to call yourself the man? No, I actually agree with Victor again. Uh, I think it's a choice between all of those Eastern Europeans. You got the Bivol, Kovetny, uh, Bedabiev. Um, I think they're all better and more skilled than Alvarez. I think all all of those will probably, or one of those will eventually take it from Alvarez, and then uh, you know, it'd be quite nice to see those do like kind of like a round robin, you know, just kind of fight between sure. themselves. Um, but I think we're all still hoping that this this is a division that they choose for the uh, World Boxing Super Series. Um, then, you know, yeah. that would be great to have all those all those Eastern Europeans going there together, sticking a someone like Callum. Johnson from uh, mm-hmm. England, and then get someone from the U.S. in that tournament. Yeah, I hate to break it to you, man, but Callum Johnson is about to get destroyed by BWF. I'm pretty sure that match is still scheduled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and I, I don't know. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news too, but I don't. I don't think the uh, that mystery, you know, mystery weight class that we're all waiting to be unveiled for the second season of the World Boxing Super Series is going to be the light heavyweight division. Um, I just, God, like we've talked about the last couple of shows, you know, um, uh, we were kind of hoping it would, if it was going to be 175 pounds, we all kind of thought and hoped that it might happen, you know, this weekend or might be announced shortly after, but I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening. Um, you know, kind of last, the upset that happened last night kind of, kind of clarified things for me a bit, you know, not just with Kovalev or, or Alvarez, but with, with the tournament too, and in the state of the division, uh, because I'm with you guys. I, 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 you know, I, there's no real person to beat now that Kovalev has been dethroned. Um, I, I, I think it's why I, I think it's wide open as well. Um, but I will say that I think Bevel is probably the most likely candidate to not feel Kovalev's shoes, but to, to kind of take the mantle as the best light heavyweight in the world. Um, okay. So, uh, huh. Well, I'll just let you go and train the thought, and I'll like jump in immediately. Oh, no, go go ahead. Like, that was that that was pretty much it. <laughs> oh, that was it. Okay. So the yeah. thing with Bevel is that he doesn't actually have a good inside game at all. He also no, you're, you're right. very very quickly. If you notice in the Chalimbo fight, whenever Chalimbo got close, Bevel didn't really have an answer for that anymore. So if he yeah. ends up in a matchup against like Biedrbiev, it becomes a question of if Biedrbiev ever gets inside on Bevel. That fight is fucking over. He stops him mm. immediately. I'm not even exaggerating there. Like, it is done. The second Biedrbiev ends up closing the distance there and gets, like, just where he's at his maximum power output, that's inside for Biedrbiev. It's done. There is no more fight. Yeah, that's so a good point. Not, yeah, so he's not really, like, the complete heir apparent. I think it's very matchup dependent here. Also kind of... It might just be luck. It might come down to like small things, just like tiny little openings that you can't really plan for. Just small, small things. I think all those matches are going to be decided on like tiny, tiny little skirmishes. Like the Kovalev and Alvarez fight, that was decided upon a very small moment because Kovalev was winning that. And then one punch changed the entire landscape of it. I think that's how all these fights are going to go. I think Boston can probably like disrupt Bivol. Boston might be able to disrupt Peter BF. Boston might get stopped by both of them. Boston might get outboxed. Like there's yeah. so many intangibles here. You can't just definitively say, yeah, I think he's going to rule the division. I don't think there's a likely candidate at all. 
Well, let's put let's put it this way, Victor, and then I want to hear from Michael too. Uh, if they did announce the you know the 175 pound tournament tomorrow morning uh, with all of the best guys in there, at least the top four, uh, who who would you favor in that tournament? <laughs> yeah. You're asking Victor. I mean, uh, Victor nah, first, and then, and then Michael. <laughs> oh, it was me first. Shit, I was hoping that I could like piggyback off of your answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got going. All right, I'm just gonna ride this out and see what the climate is. <laughs> no, um, I'm a gambling man. I'm not betting on that. I'll tell you that. If I had to like pick somebody to just be a favorite, I, I I wouldn't even pick a favorite. I I have no idea. There's I feel like I don't have enough information on anybody. I guess yeah. most the guy that I have the most information on, but that's. Not even because, like, for his information, it's pretty much like Shalumba and Barrera. Beater BF, I have no data on really against like top competition. Vostic, sure. you could argue, has probably more complete information that I actually can't argue that he does have more complete information than Beater BF. He did perform better against Shalimba, too, so you could argue that Vostic's really supposed to be favored over Bivol. But, like, as far as titles and shit like that, it definitely would be Bivol right now. Like, if we're going strictly by, like, accomplishments right now at the moment, first seed would probably be Bivol, second seed, Alvarez, third seed. Vostic doesn't have a title, so third seed. Ah, wait, no, Stevenson. If Stevenson was in, he would have to be the first seed by default because long is raining. But, you know, if things are fair, then he wouldn't be, you know? Yeah. Well, how about how about you, Michael? Who would you favor if that a tournament was announced tomorrow? It's one of the Eastern Europeans, the Ubivel, um Better Be Better Be Ev, or mm-hmm. I always say his name wrong. Govekni, the the guy who trains out of Oxnard. I always say his name wrong. Yeah, I um, do. <laughs> well, one of those three, um, I think, would probably be my favorite going in. All got good uh, knockout ratios. All got good amateur pedigree. I think they're just more skilled. Um, I don't. Th- I think Alvarez is limited. I don't think he would. He would have a chance of winning it. Adonis Stevenson. I think he's just passed it. He's been holding that belt yeah. hostage over in Canada, just fighting the weakest people he can for the most money he can. I think those two definitely wouldn't take it. <laughs> so one of the three Eastern Europeans. Um, yeah. So that's just. I'm hoping and praying that that's what they do for the. Uh, the World Boxing Super Series. Oh, yeah, I, I'm still kind of holding on to that faint hope that, you know, they announced that. But I just, I, after, especially after last night, I just don't get that vibe anymore. Um, but, yeah, as far as who I would pick, uh, if they announce that tournament tomorrow, uh, it, I would go with you, Michael. One of the, either Bevel, Beater Bev, or maybe uh, maybe the Nail. I just, it's it's tough because, like Victor said, it's so, especially with, uh, Kovalev, you know, allegedly or possibly out of the picture. It's, and even if he sticks around, it's you know, it's wide open. Um, you know, I, even if Kovalev's all of other uh, Kovalev's all, uh, other tools, you know, are washed, he's still got that power. So, you know, he's going to be dangerous for a long time. But that's yeah, it'd be a tough pick, man. Uh, let's just hope we can see it. Um, now, with that said, guys, um, right just before we do the Dimitri Bivol. Uh, sorry, Bevel, uh, Isaac Chalemba fight. I want to remind our listeners uh, that if they want to call in and talk to us about anything boxing related, they can do so uh, at using the number 657-383-0391. Uh, you can also tweet questions to me at at Split Boxing, to Victor at at 757Vic, or to Michael Shepard at at MShep10 uh, anytime during the show. And uh, 
whomever receives those questions or comments, we'll uh, read them on the air for you, and then we will uh, discuss those at, at length, I'm sure. Uh, now, on to the uh, Bevel and Chalemba fight, which was the uh, opening fight on the card last night. Uh, and in that fight, Bevel outclasses and outboxes a very game uh, and very sturdy Isaac Chalemba, winning a unanimous decision in the process uh, and defending his WBA light heavyweight title. Um, now, guys, I think we all picked Bevel uh, last, or not last week, but uh, the week before that, we talked about the fight, and we had, I think most of us had picked uh, Bevel to win. Uh, did we all pick him to win by knockout? No, I picked him by no. decision, and I put money on that. Okay. Uh, how about you, Michael? What was your pick? Uh, I can't remember. I think I would, <laughs> probably would have put Bevel in probably the later rounds. Uh, yeah, about I, it. Yeah, I, I had picked Bebel to, to stop Chalimba, uh very late uh, as well. But, um, you know, it going the distance isn't a surprise. Um, but the one thing that did surprise me, guys, and, and I want to hear from Victor first on this one, uh, mm-hmm. is, you know, the media makes it, – it's like any other any other media. It's not just boxing, so I'm not picking on, on, on the sport. Um, they tend to sensationalize fighters. Um, especially when, you know, someone like Kovalev was on top for a long time and he was aggressive and kind of ferocious in there and he had a bad attitude in the ring, you know, uh, and was kind of scary. Um, they tried to, I, I, you know, they, they tried to sell, uh, Dimitri Bivol as a, as kind of the same thing, like he's a stalking, you know, uh, two-fisted killer in there that's coming for you, but he's, what I saw last night and what I've seen in fights previous to this one is, is he's got power, but he's more of a cautious boxer puncher and kind of looks for counters more than he does do, you know, he does stalking or anything like that. Um, I think that was the biggest surprise to come out of last night. Uh, but, Victor, what did you make of the fight? And were, were you surprised at all by either guy's performance? Okay, so before I answer that, that reminded me of something. Mm-hmm. The media in particular, well, not just the media, just fans. Have you noticed like a narrative that people are playing right now with the Kovalev knockout. What narrative is that? Okay. One thing that I've been hearing a lot, this is mainly stuff on Twitter, so I wouldn't even say a narrative. That's the wrong word, but yeah, already Twitter, right? <laughs> like an uh, agenda, you mean? Maybe an agenda? Yeah, that works too, but it's a story that people <laughs> are having right now. They are saying uh-huh. that because Kovalev got knocked out, that means that it's the downfall of the Eastern Europeans and Golovkin is also going to get knocked out by Canelo because somehow there's a correlation there. I don't know what that correlation is, but that is what they're arguing. I've been reading that a lot on message boards, on Twitter, and it's absurd to me that people are just looking at this in just such a strange... Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, I don't... I mean, the only thing, the only correlation, or the only thing those two fighters, meaning Kovalev and Golovkin, really have in common is that they are very close in age. One's 35, the other's 36. So they're both, you know, just slightly out of their prime, but or a little bit out of their prime. Um, and I guess, I, I guess there's a chance that that happens. I don't see Golovkin getting knocked out. Um, just as a spoiler, and we'll talk about it on September 8th, um, the week before the fight. I, I think that Golovkin's going to drop a legitimate decision to Canelo this time. Um, but I think, you know, is, is in terms of it being an agenda or a conspiracy or, how these people arrive at that conclusion, I think that's kind of, that's not even kind of, that's really kind of silly. I think it's kind of stupid. You know, just because one guy gets knocked out doesn't mean another is going to get knocked out, but uh, yeah, I don't like know. I think there's like quantum entanglement going, going on right now. Yeah, yeah, the universe didn't get its, you know, its space time in a bunch, you know, because Kovalev got knocked out and it's not going to, you know, 
follow a trend or, or break with a trend just because one thing happened or didn't happen. I, that's ridiculous. Um, but no, to answer your question, Victor, no, I haven't seen anything like that. Have you, Michael? No, I haven't seen that. No. That's Man, that's y'all are that's lucky like I've been that for quite some time. That's like patently absurd in in my opinion. But Victor, uh, tell us what you thought about the fight. Yeah, the Beeble Jong. Beeble actually yeah. boxed pretty much how he always boxes. That's how I kind of expected that fight. to Remember when I talk about Beeble and I say things like the way he boxes doesn't make sense to me. The like why he's getting these knockouts. Uh huh. I do. This is what I'm talking about. He boxes like this, and it somehow produces these knockouts. And I'm always watching it like, why is this working? The way you're boxing isn't a way that effectively gets your power out. You should not be able to hit as hard as you to get this desired result. Like, it should not work out. This, this is how it's supposed to work every single time he boxes. Like, that's the style. This should be the outcome. But sometimes it's not mm-hmm. the outcome, and I just I don't understand why. But, yeah, nothing oh, about uh, this surprised me. Everything Chalumba yeah. did was pretty much how Chalimba boxes, how Beeble does. It's pretty much how Beeble mm-hmm. boxes. Also, people aren't factoring in how tough Chalimba actually is. Yeah, I, I will give you, I will agree with you on that. Yeah, he's a, he's a very durable guy. Um, now, let me ask you, Victor, before I get we get Michael's opinion on the fight, uh, were you impressed by anything Beeble did or, or in general, or was it just kind of par for the course uh, as no, far as Dimitri Beeble is concerned? always impressive man like some it's something i noticed in the sullivan barrera fight i was thinking that his uh his agility his ability just to dodge the punches coming in i thought it was pure prediction because he does it so well i was thinking okay this has to be like textbook you have to like predict these things because there's no Mm -hmm. way your reaction time is that fucking good the reactions they are all reactions that is amazing that's also very dangerous because one thing i noticed it was like for one brief brief moment was that Bivols seemed kind of vulnerable in those like the flurries like the combination between two of them and then it stopped after like one time and Bivols like okay I'm just gonna block everything you do in this situation which is very difficult to do in that situation man uh the yeah. one thing that was interesting was that Chalumba stopped responding to Bivols faints past like the third round and that took away a lot of the people pressure like he will the thing Mike was talking about sometimes he was like people will like stand in front of you and trade. It's not really that he's standing in front of you and trading. He's actually like standing in front of you and doing like these empty feints. And then because you have felt his power, you kind of, you react to these feints. He's not going to do anything though. If you don't do anything stupid, if you like just stand there, he's not going to engage you. He's not going to approach You're safe. Actually. He just makes you think you have to do something. And Chalimba stopped responding to that. And then that fight got a little bit, easier for I don't say easier because he was still losing <laughs> by a whole lot but he, remember like in the first three rounds it seemed like he was probably going to get stopped at some point and then it seems like people like stopped like toned everything down it's not so much that he toned what he did tone it down but it's because Chalimba stopped responding to these things and stopped putting himself in bad positions okay well uh Michael what are you what, what, what are your thoughts on uh what went down last night, and, and were you impressed with Dimitri Bivol, or or were you left kind of wanting? Kind of wanting uh, as mm-hmm. a fan, you know, I think most people, when they watch a fight, sure. they want to see a knockout. Uh, yep. but, you know, I, I appreciate his skills, the same as Victor just said, you know, kind of like fighting on the outside, and he was very composed. You could see he obviously had like a good amateur background. I thought he was pretty pretty deliberate. He doesn't waste many punches. Uh, when yes. I saw the uh, box stats, it showed that he threw 447 shots, 35% landing, so he doesn't waste many punches. Uh, looking back on it now, looking at Chalemba's record, I think I should have 
realised that he probably wasn't going to blow Chiremba out of there. He's he's in fact never actually been stopped. He's got six losses, and his one loss that was before uh, before going to points was due to an injury. So, you know, I think you know he's fought a lot of big names. He's got a Co- uh, Kovalev, the Nail, um, Alvarez, yeah. and stuff like that before, and none of those have managed to get Chiremba out of there. So, in hindsight, actually, I should have taken yeah, Gavaz, Gavaz, Gavazstick got him out of there. That was different. It was because of the injury. injury, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was but still, yeah, further. I'm just thinking of the stoppage. Yeah, no, to take it further, none of them have actually been able to drop Chalimba aside from Makovalev. Not a single one of them. That's it true. Shows, you know, he's obviously he's good and he's hard to look good against. That's, I think that's the problem, though, so for Bevel. I think, you know, Chalimba goes in there and doesn't really want to engage a lot of the time. I think he just you know, tries to go through the 12 rounds and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't too bad a performance. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with both of you. I, I really appreciate uh, Beevil's skill, you know, being a hardcore fight a fight guy. You know, it, it, even though I love knockouts and aggression, you know, it, it's always fun to watch somebody that's really skilled apply their craft, uh, even if they don't hit super hard. Uh, but... With Beevil, I, I was kind of left wanting, like Michael said uh, as well, because, um, you know, you, you get caught up in the hype, even though I, I know better, you know, you, you know, Dimitri Beevil, Dimitri Beevil, you know, the the heir apparent, you know, like Victor was saying, uh, you know, and they, they dress him up in the media as this two-fisted killer, you know, with, with thunder in his gloves and, you know, and, and, and a style where he's coming at you all the time, but that's just not him. Um, so I thought last... <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of some of that was Chalimba for sure, but um, I I kind of wanted to see Beevil hit the gas last night, um, you know, and and let his hands go a little bit more. But uh, you know, m- maybe that's just not his his uh, his disposition or his temperament. Um, now, before we talk about anything else, guys, uh, we have George on the phone, so I'm gonna patch him in and let him give us uh, his thoughts on everything that went down last night. Are you there, George? Yep, I'm here. All right, man, you're live. What's going on? What can we do for you? Oh, um, I've been listening in. I'm pretty much on the same page with, as you guys with uh, particularly the Bivol fight. You know, he's, to the eye, he's got it all. I mean, he's, he's a fast kid, uh, great balance, keeps great distance. I think Max Kellerman even kind of touched on that. But I just feel like uh, he's not quite there yet. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. How to describe it? He's a little too mechanical. I don't think he's uh, he's not real fluid. His punches are deliberate. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be over critical of the guy, but uh, a lot of it, like you said, could have been the hype they put on this guy that he is this uh, knockout machine. And and like you guys said, maybe this maybe what we saw is who he is. You know, which is yeah. still a really good fighter. But um, I said I thought. It's almost like everything has to be perfect before, especially on his combos, before he'll let go. You know, he had to be mm-hmm. in just the right position. His guy had to been, uh, Chalemba had to been opened up. I thought he could have, you know, pressed him. I'm not sure he would have knocked out Chalemba. I think the the weight difference, Chalemba could kind of weathered the storm. But um, good fighter. I'd, I'd like to see him, obviously, against Alvarez now. I mean, yeah. To me, that's kind of that's kind of the fight at 175. But uh, with the Kovalev fight, 
man, there's nothing like a guy aging right before your eyes. I mean, <laughs> he was. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what happened. I'm like, there it is. Yep. You know? He 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 was up. Um, I mean, what 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 did it end? Round was it round seven? seven? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had him up. I think probably four to two at that point, at least. And uh, you know, I thought he had. He was looking good, man. With the, I mean, he was. His jab was upstairs and downstairs. You know, he's switching it up. Great body work. His left hook seemed to have gotten better. I mean, that's not a punch that he's really known for. But um, once in the, I think it was in the fourth round when uh, Alvarez kind of weathered the storm. Yep. That was, I, I could feel it, man, right there. I'm like, it's, it's happening, you know. <laughs> what, what really struck me the most was when Alvarez threw that punch, and I don't know this for sure, but I'm like, he he knew that was going to be there at some point in the fight. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. No, no, he definitely knew. That's something you prepare for. He yeah. knew because it's the same exact instance that Wardcon would. Kovalev has shown that same exact flaw time and time again. It's yeah. not a new thing. He it definitely kind of, That's also why I never like the phrase, like, lucky punch. They're generally not lucky at all. You're preparing for that shit. Right. Well, that, that punch, right. real quick, just to chime in, reminded me a lot of uh, the uh, uh, Sergio Martinez-Paul Williams knockout, how he had planned for that. It was kind of the same yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, there's kind of uh, two schools. Some guys that have been around like a lot of boxing gyms swear up and down that it's all reactive. He's like, oh, those guys don't – you can't strategize like that. They're, they're just prepared for – which it's kind of getting to be the same thing at that point. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, I think he knew that was going to be there. Or his corner told him, you know, look for it. Because once, once it landed, he you could just read his expression. He's like, that's it. I mean, obviously it went on a little bit longer after that but sure yeah and it was um up until that point man i mean and as soon as the fight was, as soon as that knockout happened i'm like that he aged right there i mean that was it and then of yep. course you get on twitter and guys guys were saying going into the fight kovala was a shot fighter and all that that's nonsense man that's no yeah they changed yeah, the yeah, all the time to fit what they were saying before yeah. Well, yeah. you you know how people on Twitter and even in the boxing media are. It's you know a guy's on top until they lose or look bad, and then all of a sudden they're exposed or limited or you know it's always something yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's the one that I, did, I don't know is so irritating. So I'm like, yep, yeah, he was exposed, or you know a lot of the phrase they'll see is overhyped, which there is no such thing as you're either hyped or you're not. There is no overhyped. Yeah, yeah. where that one came up. <laughs> yeah, but well, um, let me. Let me ask you, George. If if Kovalev uh, announces retirement tomorrow, how would you uh, how would you rate and view his his career? Oh man, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd have the fairest assessment because I've always kind of been a fan. I mean, yeah, um, me too. You know, I I personally I thought he won the first Ward fight. I didn't mm-hmm. think that just it means was you know, uh, a score a fight, man. That is all that means. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my my uncle, who we watched a lot of fights together, and, and uh, he had it for Ward, and he was, you know, the ring general. So sorry. And I was like, yeah, Everybody man, makes I, mistakes, I, though. I, what's that? I said, everybody makes mistakes. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, man, after that, after that second Ward fight, and I think the low blows notwithstanding, that fight was only ending one way. I don't know if it was his body language or what, but, 
Um, I don't know. He's a good fighter. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't even know. Saying is he Hall of Fame worth? He's a good standard with boxing because it's so. There's really no clear parameters as to what. Sure. Makes. There's really no metric. You know, it's kind of this guy gets in, this guy doesn't. You can't really. It's not like baseball where you have statistics you can go on or whatnot. But oh no, I liked his career. I mean, that's about all I can say. I don't. I wouldn't say he's. I mean, of that generation at that weight class, obviously, you'd have to say Andre Ward was the best. I mean, whether you like him or not. So, it's too bad we didn't get to see him fight. Uh, uh, what's what's his name? Stevenson. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Stevenson. Oh yeah. Well, still, I mean, I mean, you want to talk about a freaking waste of a career, Stevenson? Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, I think Stevenson's probably one of the the biggest wastes of a career or most disappointing fighters of the last uh, 20, 30 years, in, you know, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But I'm with you, George. What, what, what do you guys think about Kovalev? I mean, what would you say? Uh, Michael, How why don't you go ahead and start? We haven't heard from you in a while. I'm a fan. Uh, I think... Unlike, like you were just talking about, Stevenson, at least Kovalev was one of those people that would, would fight, would get in there and pretty much fight whoever was placed in front of him, as far as I can remember. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he fought John Pascal twice, Bernard Hopkins, uh, he even came over to Britain, fought Nathan Cleverly. So I was always a fan, and he always gave us what, he want, uh, what we wanted. He gave us a lot of, a lot of knockouts. Um, he was exciting to watch. Um, even after getting beaten by Andre Ward, you know, he got back in there again with him. Um, he got knocked out a second time, but it shows that he wasn't scared to get in there with the with the best in the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, how about yeah. you, Victor? Okay, so for this question, are you talking about in the scope of like, are you asking like in a historical context, or like in the context of like right now, like for this generation, where am I going to put him? Uh, uh, both. Why not both? Historically, I don't think there's going to be much of a reason to reference him honestly like as sad as that sounds is because the light heavyweight division is like long it's a long story division and even with his three belts i don't think they're in like as avoided as he was i don't think there's anything that really makes me want to put him there in terms of actual wins and accomplishments because if you really go down to it the biggest fight he was in was the ward fight and although we pretty much generally agree that he got robbed in the first fight is still a loss, sadly. And it's going to be kind of hard to argue that, okay, lost his biggest fight, then he rematched the guy, and then got stopped, even as dubious as that stop is right. fight. It's really hard to argue that that ends up as, yo, historically one of the best light heavyweight ever. It's really hard to make that argument. As far as right now, though, as far as like just generation, he's still one of the most dominant champions we've had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I, with that. I agree. Gener- generationally, obviously very relevant historically. I mean, he's one of those guys in 20 years now from the internet or whatever it is. People are like, oh, remember Kovalev, and it'd only be guys from like our time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Yo, and then they're going to have a box track. Like that box track right. is going to ruin him. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you guys this. Uh, am I the only one that. that because I'm a huge Kovalev fan too. Um, am I the only one that kind of views him as an underachiever? 
I don't mm. view him as an underachiever at all. Man, I mean, like uh, I think it's like you know his his biggest fights, you know, although he lost, whether you can right. argue that he won the first one all you want, but in, in the in the record books, I mean. So take that as it is. Right. I do, you know, I put a I put a premium on fighters that like my favorite fighters are almost always the guys who will fight anybody, whether it's you know mm-hmm. Manny Pacquiao, for example. You know, I, I historically I think he'll get put above Floyd Mayweather, even though he lost to him. Absolutely. Oh yeah, because, because Pacquiao the guy fought anybody. I mean, yeah, right. that too. I've always said that Pacquiao is the most impressive fighter for the generation. I have always said that. Like, you can't point to another guy that has actually fought who he's fought and done what he's done. Nobody's really accomplished more. You can argue, like, yeah, well, he lost to Mayweather. Mayweather is naturally bigger, and they were also past their prime anyway, and there's, like, a fucking asterisk over that shit with a shoulder injury anyway. So it doesn't matter as much as people want to make it seem like it does. Yeah. And he had that that run there where, I mean, I think it ended, like, kind of with the Cotto fight. Yeah, it was around like, that, well, after that too, a little bit. He went on his hair yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, well, when I when I oh no, that's 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 okay. When I when I said uh, Kovalev uh, is an underachiever in my opinion, I meant that I wonder if if he hadn't had or didn't doesn't have you know or hadn't had the problems outside of the ring that he's reported to have and admitted having, uh, I can't help but think that he would have accomplished even more or, or, you know, done, done even greater things in the sport. Um, because I agree with all of you guys in, in the long term, you know, in, in 2030 or 2040, we'll be talking about Kovalev and they'll be like, what are those old guys talking about? Who is this guy they're talking about? But it's, you know, sure. in terms of right now, in terms of today, I agree with Victor. I think he's one of the, you know, the most dominant champions we've had in, in a long time, you know, along with Golovkin, Pacquiao, mm-hmm. those type of guys where they just, you know, they'll fight anybody uh, they'll take the risks, and you know they put everything on the line when they get in there. Um, but I, I just see, you know, I kind of look at, you know, w- when you've got a, a drinking issue and you're not following your diet, and you know, and you've you've got these really bad attitudes, and you don't work with, you don't want to work with anybody. Uh, you know, those aren't things that are conducive to a fighter's career. So, uh, you know, part of me says, well, I wonder, I wonder what would happen, you know, would have happened had he not been, you know, ha- or had those problems. I think Victor and I, we talked about it on and off the air, uh, you know, when it finally, when the news finally broke and it was confirmed that he had some drinking issues, um, imagine what he would have done to Ward had he been sober and focused, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but as it stands, I think he had a, a, a very good career. I don't think it was great and it's certainly not legendary. Um, you know, he's not Michael Spinks. He's not any of those guys. Um, but uh, he's certainly better than, uh, you know, some of the other guys that have been in the division. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Let me ask you, George. Uh, I don't know if you heard us talking about it uh, before I took your call, but uh, if the World Boxing Super Series announced a 175-pound tournament tomorrow morning, who would you favor? Um, I would probably go with uh, Bivol, I think. Okay. I mean, okay. I, yeah, just uh, like I said, man, he's the raw, the raw talents there with the speed, the balance, yeah. and um, controls distance. Great. I mean, I think, like you said, I think he's what we saw last night is kind of really who he is. We've been 
waiting for this killer to emerge, and I, I just don't think he's that guy, which is fine. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that that that's probably where I'd go. Which the, the World Boxing Super Series, obviously, Scott, you know this. I freaking love that man. I think it's just <laughs> the uh, phenomenal. You know, obviously, uh, well, you're, you're a better in, job. Yeah, you're in the right company yeah. today, George. I mean, all all three of us love that thing, and especially, I mean, the cruiserweight tournament. I mean, what you know, injuries aside and some delays. I mean, what what really is there to complain about? You know what I mean? It's the like change of venue. The change of location scared the hell out of me. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, fortunately, none of that none of that horrible those horrible things came to pass. But yeah, yeah. I mean, because Usyk though, I mean, we don't know for a fact they weren't going to fuck him on that one. <laughs> Yeah, oh, well, you yeah. can't when you turn in a performance like that. Exactly. I mean, it, like I, mean, I said, it, unless you're in Las Vegas and, and, you know, you're Mexican and have red hair, you know, then it's a different story. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I can't I, believe how Usyk made Gassiev look. I mean, Gassiev looked awesome in that semifinal fight. Yeah, yes. well, that's the matchup. So I'm telling you, that is the matchup. It was always going to be very difficult for Gassiev to get anything done. It's like, yeah. But Usyk put on like the performance of his life. He did, dude. It was it was insane. Yeah, insane that he made him, yeah. he made Gassiev look that one dimensional, you know. Yeah. So yeah. remember how people were like hyping up Usyk a whole lot? They're like, yo, this guy from the Amateurs, man, he won that Olympic gold medal. I'm telling you, if Usyk doesn't want to get touched, he doesn't get touched. That's what we're talking about. That is the guy yeah. that we were talking about. Yeah. And yep. his, his output for for, for a cruiserweight, he moves better than yeah. middleweight. Yeah, yeah, Usyk's definitely impressive, man. I, you know, um, let me ask you, George, because uh, you and I didn't talk, haven't actually talked about it, um, and I don't know if you heard the show a couple of weeks ago after the final. Uh, but how do you think Usyk fares up at heavyweight? Um, he do he do fine. I don't know. I mean, man, the like and the other guys are so big. I just don't know. Yeah. I think against everybody that's not like Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, mm-hmm. he, he's right there. But you know, I just don't know how those guys' size would would fare. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that that's that's you know really saying? only I mean, t- taking taking let's say ability wise, he's right there with them. Or actually probably even better than either of those guys as far as a boxer, but just uh, the size advantage. I mean, okay. do you think he could, I mean, obviously like Holyfield made the jump and had no problem. I don't know. I'd have sure. to see it. I'd have to see how he, you know, it's hard to say. Here's my yeah. I'm, I'm that size advantage conversation. We saw Wilder versus, especially when we're talking about Wilder as well, because you mentioned him. We saw Wilder versus Spilka. That was not going in Wilder's favor until the knockout. It was not. I don't care if he was above, ahead on the scorecards. He was losing that fight. Usyk is the same size as Filka. Oh, okay, yeah. See, I didn't know exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think with with Wilder's almost not a good guy to, yeah, you know, imagine <laughs> because with, with Wilder has the, the right hand and that's it. I mean, and he can. He can change a fight with anybody with with that, but as far as a boxer, he's you know, we all know he's lacking to say the least. But 
I don't know, man. I became a Wilder fan after the Ortiz fight. Like, I, I really didn't like the guy up until that fight. Dude, no, and, I have uh, I have strange feelings about Wilder, which I know sounds weird. I have strange feelings about Wilder. <laughs> but <laughs> I I trash him a lot. I say he's not a good boxer. He is my favorite guy to watch. He is the most entertaining. Well, not maybe not well, yeah. the most entertaining. Yeah. But he's like top five most entertaining guys in the sport. In the ring, sure. out the ring. Yeah. Well, yeah, despite despite his, you know, apparent or evident lack of, you know, boxing ability or fundamentals, I mean, who in their right mind doesn't want to watch a Deontay Wilder fight? Because the outcome is going to be a knockout one way or the other, you know. I Dude, I don't even you know. care about the outcome being a knockout. I care about him throwing a punch and landing flat on his face. Like, that's hilarious. Yeah. I've never seen anyone do that well, before. that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, there's that, too. But yeah, I yeah I don't know. Uh, I th- I tend to think uh, I tend to think Usyk does does fairly well at heavyweight. Um, but that I think that's the one lingering question I have. Uh, like you, George's, um, you know, when he goes up or if he ever goes up against somebody like a Joshua or a Wilder that has that that size and that you know the obvious strength that comes with that being that size, uh, you know, how is he going to deal with that or can he even handle a punch from one of those guys? Um, now, in terms of raw boxing ability, I think he's, you know, even not having fought at heavyweight, I think he's probably the most skilled heavyweight uh, active in the sport right now. Um, I don't think oh, anybody sure. comes Without close to him. Man. Yeah, I mean, Usyk's yeah. just a phenomenally talented, but yeah, if he can, t- if he can take that punch, or if he can, you know, if or, or if his punch evasion is, you know, is what it was at cruiserweight, then. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility for me to to see him as you know a unified or undisputed heavyweight champion. You know, I just the state of the division is so piss poor right now. It's you know he's coming in at the right time. I think. Yeah, like I don't know. Just thinking about it since we've been having this conversation, like Usyk would pick Anthony Joshua apart, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. Joshua does that. Yes, he like he likes to square up a lot. And you'll see him with his hands, like like both fists at, like, waist level sometimes. I haven't seen it recently, but I know, like, when he was first coming on, I'd see it all the time. Like, oh, my God, any decent boxer would, like, trash this guy. But <laughs> Isn't it sad that we end up saying that about all the modern heavyweights? Every single one of them, you end up having this thought that, like, Yo, anybody from any other generation would trash these guys, not beat them, but trash them. That's oh, yeah. that to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the state, the state of the heavyweight division, and at least in my opinion, you guys are, are free to chime in and disagree uh, if you want. But I, I, for the past fifteen, fifteen-ish so or so years, I think the heavyweight division has pretty much sucked. Uh, it's you know, it's been very mediocre, um, it, with the exception of Vladimir. And Vitaly, you know, at various points in time, um, it's 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 been those one of the brothers, and then everybody else, like you know, two or three leagues beneath those guys. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm trying to think of other champions that we had. We had Sam Peter, who was a complete wash. Um, who else is kind of you know, kind of champions nobody's going to remember. You know, even guys like us are going to have to go back and look someday on Box Rec. Um, Right. It just, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Part of it was, mm-hmm. you know, Vladimir's Klitschko's reign was so freaking long. Right. Know, it was relatively boring, and that's not not necessarily a knock on him. You know, 
competition levels there, and he, you know, always fought in Germany and all that stuff. But um, I think it's obviously not as good as it has been a long time, but I think it's getting it's better at least than it was for that period. I mean, sure. Anthony Joshua and Wilder, and even Ortiz are heavyweights that I like to watch. I mean, there was a period of time like <laughs> I couldn't even tell you who the who the heavyweights were outside of like the Klitschko's or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like so, yeah, it's gotten better. You know. The, the specter yeah. of actually having a legit heavyweight pay per view fight on the horizon is <laughs> at least somewhat yeah. encouraging. So, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, speaking of heavyweights, uh, um, guys, I wanted to ask all three of you, um, and then I'll chime in after you guys give your thoughts. Um, the rumored, it looks like it's, it might actually happen the, the Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury fight uh, is rumored to be happening in December. Uh, if if Fury wins his upcoming fight, uh, let me start with you, George, since uh, you're you're the guest here. Um, sure. Do you think that fight happens, and 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 uh, what do you make of that? Uh, basing just on everything I've read, I think that it, it, it has a really good chance of happening. Uh, now, I think Wilder Wilder beats him pretty handle it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not one of these guys that, like, trashes Fury. I think he's actually, like, he, he can move for a big guy. I mean, he's pretty evasive. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have, seem to have a whole lot of power, but, you know, everybody's like, oh, he's garbage. I don't think, really, I mean, that Klitschko fight was, you know, incredibly boring to some people. I kind of found it fascinating myself, but um, that's just me, that he was able to beat him <laughs> doing what he did. But I right. think I don't think you can take that amount of time to, to be competitive at the top level of boxing. You can't take, what was it, over was three it months, was it two years? years? Oh, How okay. long was it? I was thinking it was three years, uh, but it probably, I'm probably wrong. I think you're it was two, right. guys. Okay, you're two, probably right. You can't take two years off and eat copious amounts of food and doing all this blow and drinking and come <laughs> yeah. back and be competitive within yeah. six months. You just can't do it, man. I mean, exactly. I think the fight happens. I don't give Tyson Fury much of a shot. I think prior to that long way off, it would have been way more interesting, but I guess kind of is what it is now. So, yeah. Uh, do you I've think George, uh, huh? Oh, real quick, no. George, do you, do, you, do you think Wilder stops Fury? Yeah, I think he, I, I think he does to be quite honest. Okay. I mean, and that's why I like Wilder. You know, it only takes one. I don't know what would transpire up until then, but he lands that right hand on Fury, and he's done for. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think if it does happen, um, and I kind of hope it does because it's exciting in, in a lot of aspects. Um, I think it's way too soon for Fury to come back and, and fight somebody as as big and as strong and as and as wild as Deontay Wilder is. Uh, and I see him stopping Fury too, but uh, Victor, what were you gonna say? Well, I've been saying that Fury needs like three, minimum two years before he's up at top level again. There's no way you can do what he did and then just come back in six months, like you were saying, George. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Now, what about you, Victor? Do you give your, or not Victor? Sorry, Michael. Do you give your countrymen any shot in this fight if it happens? <laughs> Uh, I think if it happens, because I was watching an interview with Eddie Hearn where he was saying he was recently talking to Tyson Fury, trying to you know get him to fight either Chisora, White, and then eventually Joshua. 
And he was saying that Tyson Fury kind of knew that himself that he wasn't ready. So Eddie Hearn's been saying he thinks it's all just promotion, that Fury and Wilder are just trying to keep themselves relevant, trying to keep themselves out of there. And uh, maybe this is kind of Wilder's way of trying to force Joshua into giving him more money for their fight. Um, so he doesn't believe it's going to go ahead. Uh, but if it does, I agree with all three of you. I think that it's too quick for Fury. Um, I think maybe if he's deciding to do it, either he's kind of disillusioned with his own promotion and thinks he's ready, or maybe he's just came back and he started training and he's thought to himself, you know what, I'm, I don't really want to do this. I don't really want to wait one or two years. Maybe it's just a cash out. and he, He's just sure. going to take the money and run. He doesn't want to face Joshua or... He's believing his own hype, and he's like, you know what, I'm I'm that good already in six months, and I'm gonna face Wilder, but I I don't think it's gonna work, and I agree with what you guys have said, and I think Wilder will probably catch him eventually with, within one of those rounds because his last performance where we saw him against uh, the Fury was kind of a joke, uh, and he definitely didn't look ready, so I think he needs another year to two years before he faces somebody like that. So yeah, yeah, I don't. Now, do you guys think that the the fight actually happens, or do you think it's just kind of bullshit? It's it's looking that way. He keeps saying that everyone's saying the right things that it's gonna that it's gonna happen, but I just think it's kind of stupid for him to do that. You know, he's he's mm-hmm. he literally his first fight was a yeah. joke. He's fighting another guy that's essentially a journeyman, um, and then to go in with uh, a world class contender, you know, like he's. Skill-wise, Wilder's not the greatest, but he's effective. He gets it done because he's so unorthodox and because he's got that power in both hands which can stop somebody. So I don't think it's the greatest idea for him if he actually wants to come back and challenge and get back all the belts that he had and be undisputed. It's not, he's not going about it the right way. He's going from fighting a low level of one to two, ten opponents to fighting somebody who's essentially nine or ten, you know, on, the, on terms of how... Uh, how lethal they can be to, to somebody with his chin. You know, he's been dropped by a cruiserweight. Tyson Fury's not got the best chin, so I can't... It just seems like a stupid decision, but we all know how wild and crazy Tyson Fury is. So the, I mean, at least one thing, if you just go ahead, is we're all agreed that the promotion is probably going to be better than the fight. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, now, uh, George, let me ask you, if do you think the winner of, of this, this uh, rumored fight uh, fights Joshua in the spring? You kind of think it's leading to that? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, I think what what uh, Montero said. I don't remember what month, but he kind of called it sometime in 2019. Sure, is uh, when it's going to happen. Yeah, I I agree I with that. I think it's just too big to not happen. But it'll be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. I mean, there's yeah, well, I mean, a handful if, of fights yeah. that I. Well, I was going to say, if, if Fury ends up pulling off an upset and beats Wilder, it would be an upset in my opinion. Uh, I oh, mean, just sure. because it's the, the the promotion, you know, two English fighters, uh, I don't know where they would do it at Wimbledon or O2. I don't know what, what arena is bigger or seats more people, but, oh, my God, that promotion, that fight would be so huge. Like, that, that I mean, every yeah, yeah. anytime I watch, a, a you know, an English or a fight over in England, like, their crowds and their fans are, like, so much more enthusiastic oh, yeah. than the American fight fans are. It's just a totally different experience. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, it just, it, that would be great. But it's, I, I, there's I, like that even even when they come here, like when Ricky Hatton was fighting oh, Jesus. Pacquiao and Mayweather. I mean, it was freaking nuts. <laughs> yeah, they yep. travel well, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, they do. Those uh, the and uh, uh, not that I almost said the German fans, but those guys are those guys are quiet. They just kind of sit there and clap. Uh, um, Polish Polish yeah. fans, man. Yeah, Polish fans are crazy too. Yeah, I live, uh, <laughs> about two hours away from Chicago, which huge Polish community. Yeah, yeah. Sure. If there's a Polish fighter, man, those guys show up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I you know it's funny because a crowd can even in a fight that's not so great on paper or even you know in action or in the ring, you know, a, 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 a good or crazy or lively crowd can, you know, really change things or, you know, take, take a fight to another level. Um, at least for me, it all, it's always worked that way. Um, you know, and and vice versa, when a, when a fight's great, you know, there's good action or high level of skill being executed and the, the crowd just isn't into it. It's just, it kind of brings me down. It's like, well, what the hell are these people doing here? You know what I mean? It's like they won free tickets and, didn't really want to be there, but they showed up anyway. So, you know, like the one guy at a concert, you know, that won him from won his tickets from the radio station and just kind of went because he didn't have anything else to do. Um, but with uh, with with uh, the Wilder and Fury thing, guys, I think uh, I think it probably does happen. Um, and and just to, for the record, I, again, I think uh, Wilder probably stops Fury. I don't know when. Um, and in my opinion, on that may or may not change. Uh, depending on how Fury looks in his next fight. Um, and like Michael said, he hasn't really fought anybody that kind of, you know, makes me think, well, yeah, he's ready for Wilder. Even if Fury comes in, you know, looking great and, and, and you know, physically and, and in practice, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out. <laughs> or I don't know that that helps Fury much. Um, but with that said, guys, I did want to move keep the show moving on. We've only got about 40 minutes or so left, um, and I did oh, want to spend. Hey, Scott, I don't, before you move up? on, um, no, I was just saying before you move on. Thanks for having me. I got stuff I got to attend to now, but oh, no I'll, problem, uh, man. You're, I'll call in next week, man. This is, this is a yeah, great that'd be great. It was, it was awesome. Guys. Yeah, it was awesome talking to you too, man. Take care. All right, we'll see you guys. Thank you. All right, see ya. Easy, man. Good having you. Okay, are you guys still there? I hope I I hope I let George go and not one of you guys. Nope, you killed <laughs> yeah. me. All right, <laughs> um, I I wanted to spend just a couple of minutes talking about uh, the uh, the extension of the ESPN deal with Top Rank uh, that's going for well, I think it got extended out to seven years. Um, I wanted to find out, Michael. We'll start with you because you're so you're so damn quiet all the time. Um, <laughs> what 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 did you make of that? What was your reaction to that announcement? Um, and are you concerned at all about uh, the quality matching the quantity? Yeah, that's the the only thing I think that I'm kind of concerned with. You know, I'm probably the same as you two. But I mean, uh, the more boxing, the better. So I'm I'm pleased with you know I got the ESPN Plus app. I'm pleased with that. I'm pleased with Top Rank signing. Um, same as Golden Boy going to the do the Facebook thing as well. Uh, like you said, the only thing is. Um, as long as we're still getting the quality, I don't mind it sometimes when you have, you know, like one quality fight and then they kind of uh, blood the youngsters coming through on the undercard because I don't mind watching those, the young guys coming through because, you know, in years to come, you might say like, hey, I remember watching that guy, you know, like years ago on the undercard on an ESPN show. So I don't mind that. Um, just sometimes I think everyone kind of agrees the Golden Boy card can get a little bit, poor on the undercards, you know, they throw like literally just one good fight and the rest are just journeymen facing their up-and-coming guys and they're sure. all kind of one-sided. 
So, yeah, as long as we're still getting at least a few quality fights on a card, I don't want them all to be stacked. You know, that's probably impossible to stack every single card. Um, but I was pleased. I'm, I'm pleased that we're seeing the boxing becoming more relevant. You know, ESPN Plus is, are yes. going into it. HBO seems to have thrown it aside. Uh, <laughs> Showtime still seems to be putting on good cards. So I'm pleased with that. I'm pleased with the Fox getting involved. You know, PBC sometimes throwing a good card. So... Yeah, the more boxing, uh, the better for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think uh, on everything on with, with, with this one. Uh, my, con- my only concern is the, you know, the quality matching the quantity. I know not every fight or even the majority of the fights are going to be, you know, a, a main event type of thing. You know what I mean, or a must see type of thing. But, uh, you know, if we get if we get the if we get some prospects and some contenders and some champions, you know, facing other champions, especially guys that aren't associated with top rank and ESPN, uh, I'll be very, a very happy, a very happy, uh, camper. Um, yeah. now what are your thoughts on? Oh yeah. The zone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's the, that's, that's the big, I think the biggest concern for me, Michael, uh, is that, you know, with these deals in place and the promoters kind of doing their own thing now, uh, like with, with the zone and stuff like that. Um, I'm hoping that it doesn't, further fracture the sport or, or, you know, keep the f- sport fractured. I want guys to not be limited to one network or one streaming service. I want to say, I want Bob Arum or, or, you know, Todd LaBeouf to say, Hey, you know, we've got this, you know, this guy, this guy, and this guy, you know, and, and then call Oscar de la Hoya and, you know, or, or Eric Gomez and say, hey, yeah, we want him to fight your guy, you know, but he, this time he's going to fight on the zone. Next time he'll fight on ESPN. I, I'm hoping that kind of thing happens. I don't want, you know, I want I want to see everybody working together. You know, because more boxing is great, like you said. But if it's you know guys within the same stable fight, fighting themselves in kind of a forced round robin, you know, and never really going anywhere, uh, that that is frustrating to me. But uh, what are your thoughts on the on the ESPN deal, Victor? Well, I mean, you two pretty much said everything you could say about it. Like, yeah. there's it's my same exact thoughts both ways for both of you. I mean. Yeah. Now, um, well, then let me ask you, since you're pretty much on board with that, uh, how do you mm-hmm. feel? And I want to I want to get to Michael after the after you, Victor. Um, how do you feel about the zone? How do you think that's taking shape? Is it looking good? Is it is it eh? is it, you know, something else? Honestly, I haven't even really been keeping too much up with the zone. I don't know. It's, it sounds bad to say, but I haven't really cause they haven't had a match yet, have they? Like I'm not really um, aware of like no. what platform these things are. Yeah, so I can't speak on that. There's nothing to really. Well, I know the signings they've had, the signings look good, but yeah. there's yeah. nothing to really talk about. But nothing has yeah. happened yet. No, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you there. Um, which kind of is a good segue actually into the to the next topic, and it's related to this. Um, the only real fight there aren't really any fights of of great note coming up this next weekend guys but um it's worth noting that uh golden boys deal with facebook takes off or it starts uh this saturday i don't remember who's fighting i didn't mark it down in the notes because i remember reading it on a fight schedule and i thought well that's not very intriguing uh but i want to ask you michael uh, are you going to be watching the uh the stream on facebook watch this weekend just to check it out or uh what are your plans yeah, I normally try to uh, to tune into most shows, so I'll try to I'll try to catch it. Um, I'm trying to think who the who is it? Is it the uh, 
Jojo Diaz one? Is he the one that's headlining it? Um, I don't remember. Let me pull it up real quick. I have I have a bunch of stuff like yeah, sitting right on the um, side. It's Jesus Rojas against uh, Jojo Diaz yes. for the uh, WBA. Yeah, yeah, I'll de- I'll definitely tune in for that one. How about you? Yeah, I'll I'll tune in. There's some uh, decent youngsters on that. The Aaron McKenna, uh, Hector Tanjaria from who trained at Robert Diaz Gym, mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan Navarro as well as an unbeaten guy. Uh, he's trained by Robert Diaz, I believe. Um, it sure looks looks like a decent card. So I'll probably tune into that uh, on Facebook to see what it's like. Uh, yep. Most of the most of the streaming services I've watched so far have been pretty good. I haven't. I never have any trouble when I when I tune into the Thompson's boxing on Facebook and mm-hmm. uh, ESPN Plus. For me, I know some people have complained about it, but I I never have any issues watching ESPN Plus. So most yeah. of the streaming yeah. services have been good so far. So hopefully the Zone when that starts in September, I believe. Uh, hopefully that's as good. Um, okay. Well, how how about you, Victor? Are you going to be checking in uh, checking out the stream this weekend, or are you just going to take a pass? It depends. A lot of times I'm doing stuff with my friends, so I might not be able to watch it anyway. I don't know. Okay. Like I'm, if I'm not doing anything else, I'll watch it. But there's, it's unlikely that I won't be involved with something else. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, that kind of leads me into another subject. Um, I wanted to ask you guys um, what you thought about the Superfly Three card since it was finalized. We weren't on the air last week to talk about it, uh, but earlier the week before last. Um, or later in that week, it was it was announced. Uh, to, I think it's September 15th or 8th. I'm sorry, uh, out in Los Angeles. Um, Michael, what are your thoughts on that card? Are you going to it since you're local, like I am? Um, and are you disappointed at all by by the fights that are on the card? Uh, I'll try to I'll try to get to it. Um, I'm kind of. It's a pretty <laughs> solid card, but. Um, I kind of was hoping, you know, we'd get a few of the, uh, like, the big ones. Side, about to come over, a few of the bigger ones. Um, yep. it's, it's fairly decent. You know, Estrada is, would hope it will be a, a good main event with, uh, obviously, uh, Donny Nietzsche's. I assume those two are going to be, like, a co-main event. So we've got the uh, the vacant WBO title on the line. Uh, some of the other ones further down, McWilliams, he looked pretty good against uh, Ioka. That, I think that will be a solid fight. It might even be, to my eyes, I think I might be one of the ones on the undercard, which might actually be the, the best fight on the night, actually, to be honest with you. Um, and below that, it's kind of pretty weak undercard. We've got a Louisa Horton, a female. She, I think she fought there last time when I was there and actually lost. Um, and then a few of the lesser-known people below that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Chocolatito, Rigunsai, even... Um, what's his name? The other guy that they took the fought... Um, I can't remember his name. The guy from the Philippines that everyone was kind of talking um, about was rumored to be on this card. You think he's Yerwin Ankahas? Yeah, Yerwin Ankahas. I was hoping he was going to be on there. He looks, he looks like a pretty solid fighter. I quite like the way he mm-hmm. fights. I was hoping he was going to be on that card. Um, yeah. Kind of disappointed. I still, I still think it will be good. You know, Estrada and Nietzsche's on there, and also Ayoka and McWilliams. I think that will be the best fight in my eyes. Um, yeah. So yeah, a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I had actually I had actually set uh, money and and money aside to go to Superfly three uh, because I had assumed, uh, you know, way back when when we all even though it had was months away from being announced or put together, we all knew another one was coming. Um, I was at the first one rings uh, ringside. Uh, the second one was phenomenal. I had to watch that one from home, but 
I had planned on being there again, and I was hoping to meet up with you, Michael. But when I saw when when Loeffler announced the card, and I just kind of looked at it, and I, I kind of had the same reaction you had when you were answering my question. I just kind of sighed and thought, well, shit, it's a good solid card. Like there isn't anything really bad on there, but um, you know, I, I was kind of hoping for at least one meaningful, you know, big fight. But I guess we're gonna have to wait until Superfly Four for that. Uh, probably, you know sometime in the winter or something but uh you know when that happens you know when the cards when the cards when the card looks more like superfly one and two did i'll definitely be back uh, because that was a really fun experience but uh well how about you victor um what are your thoughts on superfly three well what big fights could they have at 115 right now well i think i I mean they're like well the yeah, well, I mean, the big one was going to be the rematch with uh, Soaring Visai, but, you know, given yeah, his what he's going through right now, that's not going to happen. Yeah, um, man, we moved up to 118, so, like, what yeah. else can you do there? That's why, I like, I'm not – I get your point. I get both of your points. But at the same time, I'm also looking at this, like, there wasn't really a lot you could have done anyway, really. This, right. It's in a tough position where you're like, all right, Superfly 3, so it has to be 115. But now there's no big fights at 115 at this point. Roman Gonzalez is not what he used to be. You have Estrada on top, but Estrada doesn't really have like a big name. Not, they're not even big names. Really. They don't have like good, meaningful matches for him to make right now. Once Inoue moved up and Wong Gek, because I'm not saying his other name. <laughs> Once Wong Gek kind of just like got stuck in limbo right now, there's nothing you can really do. Yeah, I, you know, it, and that was something I wanted to bring up, too, is I really hope that at some point uh, Tom Loeffler, um, you know, decides to incorporate other weight classes into his, his Superfly cards. I mean, because the, kind of, the name can be used, you know, with, you know, to mean a number of different things. So it doesn't always have to be the, you know, the, the junior Bantam weights or the Superfly weights, but, uh, you know, um, like you said, you're gonna run. Eventually, you're gonna run out of matches to make it at 115. So, um, you know, hopefully, he incorporates, you know, the bigger and smaller guys into the, into those shows, uh, and just keeps the quality as as high as one and two were. Um, because I, I, you know, I would love to go back to those, and eventually, I want to meet up with Michael. And you need to fly out at some point, Victor. So that would be, a, I mean, Superfly <laughs> would be a great, you know, that would be a that would be the perfect opportunity for the three of us to get together, you know, and watch fights live. But Come uh, to a you know. fight card whenever they have something down at the MGM Grand in uh, DC. Come down there, or oh, come shit. to the Atlantic City <laughs> cards with me. Is that is that even possible for you, Michael, to fly out to DC? <laughs> yeah, Victor said he was paying, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, if he's paying, oh uh, yeah, you're buying. I'm flying. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I heard that. Yep. <laughs> And and I don't like flying, but I yeah I mean if there was a big card and and somebody else was footing the bill, I would do it. I would definitely. I want to go up to uh, New York and and eat it, eat and drink at Jimmy's Corner like uh, some of the other guys do. That place looks awesome. Uh, just sit yeah, and talk. You know, I think I, I have think, no idea what you're talking about. What's oh, Jimmy's Corner? Oh, it's it's this like world famous boxing bar. It's been there forever. Um, I would love yeah. to sit in there. And, and and shoot the shit with with guys like you and with Montero and all the other guys that show up there, just just to just you know, yeah, to sit with guys that have the same passion for the sport and know it even better than I do, you know what I mean? And Doug Fisher's there, all those guys that I have a lot of respect and admiration for. Uh, I would love to sit with 
all of you guys and, and just talk boxing current and, you know, future and in the past, that would be such a blast. The, the going to the fights, you know, would be kind of secondary for me. Just that experience at that bar, you know, or that, that bar and grill or whatever it is, uh, would be phenomenal. But there's, you know, there's even if, even if Victor said, I'll, I'll pay for you to fly to, the dc area i jesus i mean with with my business that i run and my six kids oh it would be next next to impossible um i think uh, what does it take me about an hour and a half i could i could get to the staple center i get to stub hub in about an hour and five minutes or so uh shorter if i'm speeding a lot <laughs> but uh, i usually stop off stop off in buena park and I stay at a hotel, you know, check into a hotel by knots or something and, and then make my, make my way into LA. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, if, if Superfly four is a thing and, you know, we can all get together, that would be something. But, uh, as it stands now, I'm not, I'm not flying to DC anytime soon, guys, even if Victor's paying. So I would never pay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but yeah, even, even if you, you know, even if you could or would, it, that would be extremely difficult for me to do, but um, now, with with all of that said, guys, I didn't have any uh, other major topics to discuss, and I'm getting really hungry, so I think I want to I want to call it a day and let you guys off the hook too. Um, but before I do, is there anything else you guys wanted or needed to uh, to get off your chest or to make sure we covered? Just uh, I'd add one thing. Just wanted to get your opinion on. Sure, but, uh, go for it. Do you know the Thai, the Thai fighter? I can't, I'm going to murder his name, but. Moon Sarai, or he's also known as Menna Yothin, who's a fifty and oh and he fights to uh, beat Mayweather's record and obviously uh, the old record. Oh, to yeah, no, he's fifty one and oh. He fights at the end of the month. I just wanted to get uh-huh. your, your guys' opinion on, you know, a guy that's kind of fought. I think pretty much his whole career over in Thailand um, at minimum weight. Um, whether he beats the the record of fifty and oh at the end of the month, uh, how solid that record is going to be been that he fought pretty much all 50 fights against guys of a lower standard over in Thailand. Victor? It's not a real record. <laughs> by that, I don't mean like his record. I mean like Mayweather, that entire 50-0 shit, that's not a real thing. Like, mm. what does it even mean? Like, yo, I, like, are you saying that it only counts if you retire after you hit that point? Because people have much longer winning streaks anyway. So it's not a record. It has never been a record. Yeah, it's kind of a weird, isn't it, the way that they count it? Because there was Chavez got to like 82 before he yeah, lost. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not a fucking record. I don't even understand why that's like a thing where people are like, yo, Mayweather's record of 50. He's the only person to do that. He's not the only person to have won a string of yeah. 50 matches. <laughs> also, like, to be real, some of that don't shit shouldn't f- even count. Conor McGregor should not fucking count. That's an exhibition. Yeah. And don't yeah. forget, guys. Yeah, Chavez Senior went what? What did he? What did he go before he was finally finally lost? Eighty nine. Eighty two. Yeah, yeah, eighty two, something like that. So it's That's like, what Mike was that, yeah, yeah, it's not. And even, then don't yeah. even get me started on the fucking old boxers. Like that is not even. No, oh, that's not a yeah. real thing. Oh, the guys that used to fight uh, fifty times fucking a year. Fucking every week and shit like that. No, like <laughs> yeah, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah. We have guys that are like they have records like one hundred twenty nine and eight. I don't want to hear shit about fifty and zero. Yeah, I yeah I don't I don't put much stock in 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 a record any record that's you know that's mainly comprised of local talent or subpar it, it's talent. Not even, 
about that. Like the record itself yeah. is dumb. Like the concept of it is stupid. Yeah. Because other people it's, have done more things. Yeah. You know, even somebody as, as talented as extraordinarily talented as Mayweather was uh, at his best. I, I, I'm a, I'm one of those guys that kind of knock, I'm very critical of his career. I knock it a lot because after the Castillo, the first Castillo fight, you know, not only did he change, but his, his career trajectory kind of changed as well. And it, it became a, you know, it was like a buffet for me, whether it was, well, who can we serve up that has a name, but isn't really going to do anything. You know, it was, it, same, same kind of thing with this Thai guy. I, I'm not, I know of him, but I, I you know, I, I obviously haven't followed his career. Um, and because he hasn't fought anybody, I don't want to say of note, but you know, that that might make guys like us go, whoa, this guy's the real deal. It's, you know, it's kind of a non-issue for me, like Victor said. I, it's just, you know, forty-nine and oh, four hundred and ninety and oh. I don't care if you've done it against the, you know, that kind of competition. What's it worth, you know? Well, no, that would be something somebody managed to go something that high because <laughs> well, yeah, anybody can beat anybody. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Don't don't be literal about it. I was being yeah. hyperbolic. <laughs> no, no, it's just that. My whole thing is, again, I keep saying this, but it's, just, it's not a real record. And I don't just mean his. I also mean Mayweather's. I mean that entire concept is dumb as shit. It doesn't even make sense. It makes zero sense. It's like it's the only time until somebody retires. Yeah, exactly. It's bullshit. It's dumb. Yeah. 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 So did, did I answer your question, Michael? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much um, I agreed with what, what you both said. I just wanted to see what it – I just wonder whether, whether when he beats it at the end of the month, whether people are going to start, you know, jumping on the bandwagon like, oh, he's the best, no. you know, minimum weight, high weight around that of, of in the world and stuff like that. So it'd just be good yeah. for one week to to talk about, you know, whether protecting that O is as big because in boxing it seems to be once you've had that one loss, that's it, that guy's done, throw him to the side. Whereas in, you know, I follow MMA a little bit, whereas in the MMA having one, two, three losses doesn't doesn't really seem to matter. So. No, one week it'd be kind of good to go over that and what we what we all think about protecting that O. Okay, well, well let's do this then. That's actually a really good idea. Why don't we make uh, the the focal point of next week's show since the action next week is so light and the week after that? Um, why don't we make that our, our our you know our main topic? We can think about that all week and then we can come to the table and you know see what each other's got. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Okay, are, you, are you down with that, Victor? Yeah, I'll talk about anything. Cool, cool. All right. Well, with that, uh, we'll cut the show just about 20 minutes short. Um, uh, my entire family is sick, except for me, and I know everybody's hungry, including oh, me. So, um, but, uh, Before to address something like that you said, the, the uh-huh. guy who's saying that I can't see, he actually has been <laughs> a whole lot of legit people. Like It's not like he's just been fighting like bums in Thailand or some shit like that. He's actually beaten the top of the division. He is number one hmm. in that division for quite a for quite a good reason. He's fought some solid people. It's just that it's not a good division <laughs> as well. So yeah. you're not gonna have any like big names there he's being or anything right. like that. But the best guys in that division also are from Thailand for the most part, surprisingly okay. enough. <laughs> well, so yeah, like I'm, him I'm, fighting in Thailand is actually like better. It's like if you take a guy and you have them fight like mainly in America or some shit like that, that's not the same thing as if they were fighting like in uh, shit, Africa, somewhere, you know. It's a little bit different. Because the level of competition there for that area is actually pretty high. Okay. 
Well, I'll take. I'll actually look into that because now I'm curious. Um, I'll look him up on Boxrec and then I'll go to YouTube too. I want to see uh, what this guy's all about and what what well, the fuss not, is about. He's not great or anything like that. Because again, it's like a weak division. There's not like sure solid like great talent, but he's clearly like the best guy there. Okay. Well, I'll still check him out. It's worth checking out. I'm always curious about boxing-related things. Um, but with that said, uh, I will cut the show short 20 minutes early today, guys. Um, if you like what you heard today, uh, be sure to follow me at, at SplitDBoxing, Victor at, at 757Vic, and Michael Shepard at, at MShep10 over on Twitter. Um, you can like Split Boxing on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Split Boxing. You can visit the splitdboxing.com website, which I haven't updated in a long, long time. Sorry. Uh, and if you are so inclined to do so, uh, you can support the Greater Split Boxing Network on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Split Boxing. So for myself, Scott Jarvis, and my co-host, Victor Atkinson and Michael Shepard. We'll see you all next week.